Susie. Hello. Adrian. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Oh, I am so excited about this podcast. I cannot tell you. You have been doing some amazing rock star work over the last several decades, but especially over the last little while. I have a lot of people, obviously I went to a few of your events and I have a lot of people asking me all kinds of questions about you. So we'll get to as many as we can in 30 minutes or less, right? And then let's go. Part two, part two. So, and just to be clear, and I know you asked me, well, you know, what are we going to talk about? And I'm going to say, I said to you, all good things, Susie. Yep. Susie, Susie. So what makes you the incredible rock star that you are? You've got a hustle like nobody's business. So what drives you as an individual? Oh, you know, the, I, the drive comes really authentically inside that uh, from my first job, in Toronto, I was working on adult diapers. And, you know, I have this passion inside and I have this energy and I'm a little bit on the spectrum, uh, the autistic spectrum. So for 30 years, I didn't even know that I had passion and energy and I I have vision and I have grandiose dreams. And and I kind of have a way to communicate it that seems to resonate. It's you know, it started with uh, simple things like triathlons. When I got into things, okay, for those listening, simple <laughs> things like triathlons. So some people struggle to get to the gym, and you're out there killing it. Like I love the photo that's going to be actually in the publication, and you're you've got your helmet, and you're you know way yeah. you know most people would be like on a respirator, going oh my goodness, yeah. but. You're out there. Yeah. So on it. So and I just want to backpedal for a moment. So you say that, you know, you're sort of on the spectrum and you've got this way and this energy about you. Yeah, that I don't necessarily see. You manifest it. You must because knowing the things you do. So anyway, so back to your triathlons. So I think it's kind of part of, you know, I wake up between four and five every morning and I'm happy. I'm like, I, you know, I, it's just, there's, you know, night owls and morning owls and I'm excited. I love coffee and that just kind of drives things. And, you know, my first job at PNG, I left, you know, I left Montreal and I came to Toronto as one of two French Canadians in this big multinational best place to learn brand building. I was the first non-business person hired. I had an electrical engineering degree. I was a total book nerd. And I'm in a business job that a lot of business grads want. And I was like, ooh, I don't really know what this is, but I kind of knew I was taking the step in the right direction. but my goal back then was to work out twice a week. You know, I was in this head office. You were wearing nylons. You had the cafeteria downstairs, the lawyer's office upstairs, the lab downstairs. And my goal was to work out twice a week. I was 20 pounds heavier than I'm now. And, you know, I was just like, you know, in my 20s, I'm just trying to find my way. Um, but I, I, I kind of started running and then I really, you know, did a 10K and I really got excited. And then I heard about triathlons like many, many people. I saw Julie Moss crawl on the finish line on NBC in whatever, 1982 or something. And I was like, oh, wow, like that's Hawaii and that's crawling the finish line. So I kind of had 
like, okay, you know, maybe back over there, it kind of started with weight loss. Um, and I'm also been a VP of marketing for 10 years on weight loss brands. You know, my first 12 years was in food and packaged goods and then 10 years in weight loss. But I, I had my own kind of, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. And it's back when the world was awful with misinformation. Oh, so yep. that Remember foundation- the carb or no it, carb yeah. diet or yeah. the- oh. yeah. And so, that, that's a whole, like, I think we really should help empower uh, uh, women and, and men with like a whole podcast dedicated on the whole mess of the last 40 years. But it really just right. for me started like I'm trying to lose 10 and then 20 pounds. I have my first job. I'm kind of a fish out of water. I'm French. I barely speak English. I'm from Quebec. Uh, I'm not a business person and I'm with blue suits and I don't even know what Nielsen data is. And I started running and then I kind of like inside of my gut, you know, I'm kind of just like following this path. I realized, well, maybe if I, you know, run, I'll go a bit longer. And then I did New York marathon. Wow. What's wow. next? Then, okay. You know, then maybe a little triathlon. Wow. What's next? Maybe a longer one. And then I did coaching, um, for triathlons. Cause I read every single thing you could read, like pretty much everything I start, I work really hard and I'm not naturally talented. I just work hard. Like in Ironmans, it's very competitive. You have age groupers, you have pros like, no, no, no. I'm just like, I was just like had a full-time job and I just put a plan together and work the plan. So I think that's kind of my theme that I don't have like natural gifts of DNA mm -hmm. on anything. But I disagree. I, I work the plan. I disagree. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. You've got a hustle like nobody's business. And that's where, you know, sort of back to my original question is what motivates you or what you know, kind of fuels you. And so from what I'm hearing you say, it's learning and it's mastering every single thing that you try, whether it's adult diapers or, you yep. know, these big, massive corporations, you're getting in, you're getting your hands dirty. Yep. You're going to learn from everybody mm -hmm. and do the work, have a plan and you stick to it and you have succeeded at everything. Well, I think, and, and not at everything, but you know, I don't do much, half-ass like i don't know if we can that's say that what i meant when i mean yeah yeah when i talk yeah. about success i don't talk about financial success yeah because as far as i know i don't think you get paid for all the marathons although unless you yep. win that's fair enough but i'm saying i feel like your success comes from your planning your execution the delivery or the end of it for you and then you're like okay i did that good job and then yep. you move on because you've got and, this drive inside. If you could bottle that drive, Susie, yeah. woo. I need to, and a couple of tips is that, you know, I don't have an ego and I've learned more from my failures than my successes. And we, you know, we hear about these buzzes and stuff, but you know, I really, I'm, I really won't give up and I'll work the plan. And it might mean pivot and it might mean success we thought was over here and then you pivot, 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 and it's over there. But I'm pretty relentless and perseverant. And I kind of have the gift of the ideas. Like I can kind of see something 
on the brands or in anywhere that others might not have seen before me. So it's allowed me to turn around brands that others haven't turned around. It's allowed me to see Love Good Fats. You know, we were the first brand in North America as keto and with the words fat in. Like I read the same book that 10,000 other people read, but I was like, I'm going to launch a brand. And it was the same thing on Downey and it was the same thing on Doritos. Like I saw things that others didn't see. Uh, same thing with Better Chocolates, First Functional Chocolate. But I think that the foundation, though, is, um, you know, the hard work. But my yeah. dad was, you know, a, a son of an immigrant. Ethic, right? Um, yeah. Your, your work ethic. I work, yeah. And I feel like, you know, you and I will be texting whether it's, you know, four or five in the morning or 11 or 12, you know, you're out doing your thing. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, to me, you can't, I mean, I think that the work ethic that you have, I hope continues into many generations uh, after us, but it is a work ethic that is important. It's almost like every successful person, and again, it depends on how you measure success. The way that mm -hmm. I measure success is very different. It's not only from a financial um, standpoint. For me, it's sort of what you've accomplished, what you've started, what you've been successful at. Like you said, the whole pivoting, that all in its own. Some people are like, oh, I give up, but you pivot. You yeah. know, you zig when you're supposed to zag and you've got yeah. all of that amazing experience and knowledge. And so your work ethic really is second to none. And I feel like that is really the sort of what drives you to be as successful as you are, regardless what you do in your personal or your business. And you have to have some self-awareness because, you know, if you just put your head down and you're driving, 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 you may miss that, whoops, you know, there's new information that comes in and you kind of have to alter how you're driving mm -hmm. and you have to separate yourself from your ego. Um, the single biggest mistake that happened with Love Good Fats, a failure, like the big F, led to the single biggest gift the company had, which is to change from a co-man that failed despite, you know, four, what, 12 months of planning and four months of, you know, upload the materials and get packaging from Korea and all that stuff, full fail. So Whole Foods was waiting, everyone was waiting to have like very quick, rapid record 11 week pivot to another co-man that allowed us 24 months later to sell $7 million a month and 47 million for the year. Without that failure in April, 2020, uh, 2017, we would not have been able to supply 47 million a few years later. That is it's the same that, with better chocolate. Yeah. And, and, and it's the same. So I think you need kind of a combination. You can't just put your head down, boom, boom, boom. Like you kind of have to be able to come up for air and down into the weeds. And as a founder, the I've been in five multinationals. Most people in multinationals will fail miserably in CPG startups, like miserably. Don't hire them. They shouldn't go in there. If you hire them, it's just a very expensive mistake. I can guarantee you that. And I'm sure a lot of the fellow founders who've hired big CPG uh, executives have found the same thing. Because you, you need that unique skill of being in the weeds 
And knowing how the mechanics of a startup works, being scrappy and grassroots, but also the experience of the multinational gives you the executive maturity, gives you all the case studies. I've, I've worked on like over 100 brands. I have had 30 years times 10 brands of annual marketing planning. Like you have the gift of case studies and human studies, but then you have to be able to roll up your sleeve and, you know, make the presentation, raise the money, know how to set up the SKUs and be in the weeds to understand how you pivot, pivot, pivot when you start up a brand. So it's and a unique skill set that you kind of have to be both. Well, I think come up we, for air and yeah, but you're also saying, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, and people are like, you okay? You know, what's in that coffee? But to me, you know, I love rejection. I love the word no. I love doors slammed in my face. Why? Failures, my favorite. Why? Because that's where growth happens. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen when you're sitting comfy on a couch eating potato chips. Yep. And, you know, I always look at rejection as redirection. No doesn't mean no, not ever. No means not now, not today, mm -hmm. not from me not uh, at this time, whatever the case is. And I feel like what you're saying is the most important thing and the most important takeaway that you could ever teach somebody as a founder, as an entrepreneur, or as a business person is that you're gonna fail. You need to know what to do. You always have to have a plan B, C, D. And if you don't, you need to be able to have that resilience to say, bring the team together, we need a plan B. Is that what most of the time, this is yeah. super, super important. And I think for all the entrepreneurs listening, most of the times that you get a no for, you know, no for money, no for listings, no for production, no for the costs that you need to get, you really want to pause and make sure, again, always separate out the ego, make sure you understand the why, because often the no is a gift. The no is a not right now. And it's a gift. There's there's a reason that, you know, the big retailers, the Kroger's or the Walmart's or the Loblaws, like there's a reason that perhaps you're getting a knot right now that is for the better of your company, but you need to be able to pull it apart and you need to be able to say, okay, like what happened and what are they looking for? Because that becomes your key success factors. Then you, you, you update your business plan and now you have your straw man, okay. This is what I'm targeting. So for Love Good Fats, we had velocities. We had doors, but step one is doors. Step two is velocities. And the no, not right now gives you precious feedback that you need to know what to do with to be able to kind of say, okay, hmm, Whole Foods gives gifts all the time, right? They've been incredible for the last eight years. They'll, they'll say, actually, this would work better with our consumers. Hallelujah, right? Like you're getting feedback from retailers that will tell you probably what could do even better. Mm -hmm. And you're better to change it before you launch than when you're on the shelves, because that's an expensive transition. And the fact that you talk about ego, I mean, I don't think ego really, I, I shouldn't say this because I know I'm going to get a lot of comments saying, well, you need ego in this or that, whatever the case is. For me, I, I don't think ego really belongs in being a founder, an entrepreneur, or as a kind person. That's my personal take. Don't I don't want anybody to get upset, but 
it is so important. And, you know, people have always said this to me, and my father was an entrepreneur, opened up one of the first restaurants called The Domino in downtown at Young and Eglinton in, I don't even know what year, maybe in the late 60s, early 70s, whatever the case may be. And he always said, you cannot take business personally. And I'm like, Christ. I still, but yeah. I still to this day struggle because you know, these are our babies. These are yeah. our, like you gave birth, you, you know, you created this beautiful thing. So I get it. I get you can't take it personally. But what I have, I have to like reframe that because to me, not taking it personally, I can't do it. So what I do do is exactly what you said. It's what can I learn from this? Yeah. So I'm not going to take it personally, but I try to pull information from people and figure out how could I have done better? How could I do different? Yeah. yeah. And it's not, you know, it, that, that's the biggest advice. And I, I'm, I co-founded Founders Helping Founders with uh, Karen and uh, we have, uh, I don't know, 140 very active members and we have 300 or so. Uh, Your members are great. I'm yeah. just going to say this now, big <laughs> shout out to, to them because I do a lot of events. I don't think I've been to an event where every single person is so invested and they're, they want to be there. And, you know, as a founder and as an entrepreneur, sometimes it's a freaking lonely world, right? It's very lonely. And it's and a lonely road, but you have created this tight knit community where everybody just wants to help everybody. It's so yeah. beautiful. So and, and it's evolved. And part of it is, you know, I have five multinationals before I hit 50 and I decided to launch my own brand. So I kind of have the gift of, you know, seasoned business, business executive and experience. So a lot of the founders may, they come from different backgrounds. And that's like the biggest piece of advice that I can give is just, especially to women. And I don't want to stereotype, but you know, there's the business problem that you're trying to solve. And then there's a decision or there's new information. It's not personal. Like just figure out what is the problem and don't, you know, don't, don't respond in a way that it's the ego that's responding and don't take it personal and oh, like, it's just, there's issues. You have to solve the issues. Um, one of the biggest fails that we had again with love, good fats wind up turning, being really successful. And, you know, I could have kind of said, oh, you know, this person will sue them or whatever it is, right? Like, oh, you know, this, we're owed this, but in the end, karma kind of had it way his way its way to come around and that first failure turned into one of my closest colleagues and a fellow board member now for years and years and a big investor and you know hopefully lifelong relationship but i could have been like oh duh, 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 like and i was even getting advice around that no 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 like just there's things that happen for a reason yes you conduct yourself That's with good. professionalism. You're trying your best to kind of do the, be the best decisions. You maintain very high standards of integrity and the rest will take care of itself. I, and I love that. You know, I feel that there's no such thing as coincidence. Even you and I meeting, yep. uh, you know, that was just hilarious. Yep. And I, I'm going to go back to how we met and the story that you told, which I want you to, to kind of retell to our audience because I absolutely love it to this day. Uh, but I feel that things do happen for a reason. And 
you might not know that reason. It could be something very tragic. It could be something yep. super great. It could be a meeting, whatever the case is, there's always a purpose. There's always a bigger plan. And I feel that if we look at things that way, it will get us through so much tragedy or grief, headache and heartache. And just know that through every negative thing that happens, there's so much good that's going to come out of that. Even though you can't see it today, you can't see tomorrow, it right now. Yep. You will, because hindsight, you know, all these therapists are like, oh, don't look back. I'm like, why the hell not? I want to see how far I've come. Mm -hmm. And I want to see who I was a year ago or 10 years ago. Yep. I think it's I think it's great to see how, you know, we've grown and talking about growing. So when I first met you, it was at an event. It was online. It was several years ago and you were in the car, I believe, with your daughter and you talked about how you first started delivering granola bars and your <laughs> bars and you would wrap yeah. them up and you'd yep. drive. Can you share <laughs> that with us? You know, oh, now man. To where like, you are today, you got to look back and yeah. share that so, story with Love us. Good Fats started uh, at my little house in Leaside, single mom for 10 years, dining room table that was pulled out of the garbage. The neighbors were getting rid of it and I picked it up, polished it and had a new dining room table. Um, and it really started really scrappy Google maps. Um, I did a post on Facebook and if you go to my Facebook and you go to my marketplace, the post is still there. And it said, I was selling my bars. I had 35 people in Leaside say, Oh, I want a free sample. So I was like, Hey, I just launched a company out of my house, Facebook marketplace. We're going to be at whole foods. And I'm like to stop you right there. So <laughs> whoever is going to say, I can't freaking do it. Let's go back. Dining room table from, <laughs> from the garage, from the garbage, single mom for several years. You still figured out how to run, start a business with free samples because you knew you yeah. believed you had the rock star confidence. You had the belief inside yourself. This is going to work. And you oh, I was a bit naive. And the thing is, I had a 12 year old Honda Fit car with no air conditioning and you couldn't even fix the air conditioning because the frame was crooked. So it would have cost more to fix the air conditioning than to buy a new car. And I had my bike. So I literally started with, hey, there's the new Whole Foods in Leaside. You know, I, of course, knew the store manager, the buyer. I, I would go every four days and I would count how many boxes, how many bars I've sold. And I would write it on my little sticky notes. And then I said, OK, who wants free samples? Because they'll, they'll be they're sold at Whole Foods. I went to 35 homes and I still have the Google map with Nikki. We would go from house to house in the little car and I had to have a cooler because the bars were melting and I would drop yeah, samples. You have no air conditioning, right? No. <laughs> air conditioning, right? So, but I got a better, I saved, I mean, I drove the same car for 14 years because I needed to save to buy my daughter a car and she didn't want the car in the end. So, but yeah, it's okay. It was fair, but still, yeah. I mean, that to me, I love that story. It stayed with me. It resonated with me. Because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, amazing people that have, you know, businesses handed down from folks and parents and loved ones or whatever the case may be. But this is such a grassroots. I'm driving in my broken Honda with no air conditioning because I remember you were saying about the cooler that the bars <laughs> kept melting. And yeah. then we're talking about your bike. And that's why I'm telling people, I mean, there is not a freaking reason in the world that you cannot live your dreams because you will find mm -hmm. a way. 
if you mm -hmm. believe, like that's what I'm talking about your hustle you believed in your mind this was going to work there was no other choice for you it didn't mean it was going to be a straight path it didn't mean you had it all mapped out and it worked perfectly the way you thought yeah. right but you still had that confidence the belief that this was not going to fail when it was a calculated risk, I, Nikki was, you know, I think 18 and, and, you know, I grew up sharing a bedroom with my mom for 13 years. My twin brother had the other bedroom, small little apartment on the fifth floor in uh, north part of Montreal. And I, I sat down with Nikki and I said, you know, because I took some of her uh, university savings to start the company. And I sat down with her and I said, which, you know, I don't know if I recommend doing this because she was a bit young, but I, you know, we kind of said like, what's the worst that can happen? And I remember she said, mommy, you know, the worst we can happen is we move into an apartment. Like, hello, right? I spent the first like 30 years of my life in an apartment. So what, right? Like, okay. Exactly. The worst Talk about humble beginnings yeah. though. Humble mm -hmm. beginnings. And the thing that I love too is, you know, you're sitting here teaching your kids because you could sit there and, you know, I've got the four boys. You can teach your children the ABCs. You can teach them yep. skating and swimming and triathlons, right? But I think you actually doing it has taught her and probably your son so much yep. in life because they watched you create something out of not like I say yep. something out of nothing, something out of a dream. You yep. followed your dream, right? And later in life. And, and my son's at McGill now. He's just first semester and he's already an entrepreneur. He's just like, okay, you know, I'm ready. I'm like, I, you know, and he's, he's been, he's been blessed that his, his dad, his donor dad is an entrepreneur and he's doing work for two gentlemen that are uber uh, successful entrepreneurs. He's got the bug, but he was with me, right? It. He was eight and the Shopify apps, we did, you know, the first Easter promotion, we did 20% off, bing, 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 bing. So we're, we're biking oh, to gosh. school and the phone is blowing up because we had a record weekend for Easter on the Shopify promotion app. Like he, he, you know, you, you see videos of him, like putting the samples together in little bags and stuff. So he, he kind of, was there with like the steps and i think you know you got to put in the work you don't get nothing for nothing no and that's the thing you don't but i'm more saying like you are role modeling something that i don't believe and i always say and people say actually that i've got a phd in life experience uh, but have never gone to school past outside doing courses and whatnot past high school um i feel that learning with hands-on learning is so much different. Like what you have taught them, I don't even think they could maybe learn in Harvard. I'm just saying, just saying, uh, because they saw it firsthand. They saw mm -hmm. the success, they saw the pivots, they saw the failures, right? And they saw yep. everything. And that to me is worth its weight in gold. Yep. It's a, yeah, so it's a, it's a tough journey. Hopefully we can all kind of put, do, do our mark through career and through personal. And I've certainly kind of had a lot of challenges and a lot of things didn't go the way I wanted, but um, you pick yourself up and you kind of say, okay, what's next? What did I learn? What will I do differently? And then you're, you're armed with more and more of the wisdom and the experience. And then hopefully, you know, that just kind of finds its way to kind of where, where you're going uh, while you enjoy the journey. Right. I, you know, Absolutely. I really, 
every morning I enjoy my mornings and I oh, love my yoga. And, and hold on. I, I do have two more questions, but I'll, yes. I'll save one for the next okay. podcast. Two, I have to ask you, we have to touch on the fact that we're both, both love our fur babies. So talk to me about your passion about rescuing uh, animals. Yeah. So I have, uh, I have three rescues, two are with me right now. Uh, and uh, the other one, my little chihuahua is with Melanie. Um, it really just started again, no big master plan because I didn't have dogs on and off for like 15 years. And then just my daughter had a little pug as a, you know, kind of a single mom household mummy, you know, can I get a dog like as a transition? Um, and it was, you know, I was working the nine to five. So we had the dog sitter and it was just a little, she was tiny, tiny little pug. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't a dog person for sure. And then we knew that little pug was going to pass. So I'm like, okay, I, you know, I want to backfill the dog. And then I joined like 20 different rescue groups and COVID happened to be at that time. And then I couldn't even get like a rescue. Like it was crazy. And then the stars align, got one little rescue, little chihuahua that is the best in the world, although he'll he'll kill you if he doesn't know you. And then Nikki was like, no, no, I don't want a chihuahua. And I was like, oh, so then, okay, well, then this one and that one. And we kind of had two special, well, they're all three special needs. So the chihuahua is beat up, missing a leg, and he's from Austin. He lived in a warehouse for seven years, and he's missing body parts. Um, the Egypt little, uh, little furball was left to die in a fisherman's net in Cairo because he was a reject from the bad breeders. So he got popped over to the, like, yeah, it's, so he got popped over to the rescue and he was first in line. So I picked him right away. Like I literally, I had a thousand dogs to pick from, you know, and you get videos and you're like, okay, I think I want this one. So anyway, I picked, picked Charlie from that awesome rescue with Snookies. And then Victoria was like a panic, you know, DM on Facebook, but at the same time, she had just had a tragic accident. She was a street dog. She was two. She's the sweetest, sweetest mix lab, something, something. And the rescue in Greece, like she lost the leg on the street and then she got flown emergency via Air Canada and she landed and then they're like, help, help. We need a family. And we, I had filled out all the forms. So then I wind up having the two of them plus the little chihuahua before, and it's just saved my life. Like, it, you know, COVID was really tough. You know, I had a business at Love Good Fats. I closed nearly uh, 11 million of, of fundraising. But it was very, very stressful when COVID hit. We we're, you know, on the go portable bars, tanked 40%. Brands were going out of business. Like, it was really stressful to pivot, yes. pivot, 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 and downsize and adjust. So mm -hmm. the dog saved me. Like it was incredible. Now, you know, I started walking three times a day and yeah. yeah. See how you're very humble where it's like, really you saved them. I think you saved each other. But yeah. You give that credit to these beautiful creatures and their stories. Oh my goodness. So yeah. they're so blessed to have you. And, you know, I really do feel that there are 
so many things that we can do as individuals, which some of, and that will be a podcast for another time, but I know there's some rescues that you're attached to and we kind of uh, communicated on Facebook that are doing wonderful work. And it's something as simple as dropping off as opposed to like your old blankets, throwing them into Goodwill. Yeah. Not that that's not a good thing, but no. they always need Rescue. that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, you know, vets, some vets don't even know that some of the expired or almost expired food can go to the rescues and whatnot. So, and obviously we can donate our homes or our time or foster. Yep. So we can chat about all that fun stuff after. I know you have to go. I'm going to end up end up with one really important question. I'm going to put you on the spot. No, I won't. You, you've got an answer for everything. That's one of the many things I love about go. you. <laughs> what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? What does the word unbreakable mean to it, you? It just means that uh, you have the resilience to just get through it. You know, no matter what happens, it's not going to break you. It's part of life's journey. You'll get through it. Um, just bounce back. We can all be a bit of rubber. And, um, you know, it's everything will take care of itself in time. So there's nothing really that we should consider to break in its our, our soul per se our soul, and i know. love that it's the same it's the resilience of you know that's why the whole i am affirmation and being unbreakable it's whatever you know you say to yourself some people look in the mirror and they're not so kind to themselves that's why when you know i i do a lot of the rock star confidence and the coaching and whatnot yeah. The I am affirmation is so incredibly important. So yeah, you're saying, you're talking my language. I am unbreakable no matter what is going to be in front of you. Obstacles, struggles, you're getting through it, over it, army crawling underneath it, right? And Adrian, affirmations are really key. You know, my, my daughter has mental health and one of the challenges is she struggles with the positive affirmations of herself. I started in my 20s, 30 years ago, with positive affirmations. I didn't even know what it was. And it was around visualization to cross the finish line at Ironman. Because Ironman, you know, is 10 to 12 hours, 13 hours. I went to Hawaii, the lava fields. I was crying on my bike. I was crying on the run. I had five bags of IV once I crossed the finish line. I was that drained. Oh, there's your baby. Um, and, you know, I was learning affirmations back then i would visualize the like the hard parts of the the race i would had trained myself like i was doing 15 minutes a day of visualization it was like rookie now there's apps and there's like everything and there's therapy like but back then it wasn't really popular but that allowed me to affirm the positive so when you're in the lowest of low you're drained of all you know hydration or whatnot and your your mind starts being negative you reframe and you like you could literally see i would race with my heart rate monitor you could see that affirmations will decrease your heart rate like oh. because oh. you're just able to just kind of just talk yourself into getting into rhythm and like the whole idea with long distance is the the more you can preserve so the more you can kind of stay calm and be efficient and lower your heart rate the more you can you can have the 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 energy for like five hours from now, seven hours from now, and ten hours from now. So, 
affirmations are really key. A lot of women are hard on themselves and not kind to themselves. So if any gift out there, especially when you make a mistake or you have a failure, be kind to yourself. Like mm. don't stop, start bashing yourself. Like just, okay, this happened. What did I learn? Why did it happen? What do I want to do differently? And then importantly, don't let it beat you up. You know, yeah. you want to kind of be able to reframe with that because that's the only thing that we have is our energy. Everything else kind of comes out of our energy. The moment you lose your energy, like, like it's going to be hard to do, get stuff done. So preserve that energy. Don't and let anyone, including it. yourself, beat yep. yourself up. And guard it with your life and be, mm -hmm. like you said, as opposed to giving to all other people, give a little bit to yourself. Yeah. You know, some of the people that I've coached in the past too, um, you know, and, and we talk about how they self-talk. And the only person that you should really have a really good relationship with or the first person is yourself because to be good to yourself and kind to yourself, kind. whether it's when you look in the mirror, whether it's, you know, during a failure, whether you feel like you're letting somebody down, it is the way you talk to, you know, you wouldn't talk to a stranger. Some, some things that people say to themselves, I'm like, oh my God, you're one of the nicest people I know. Why would you say that Just to yourself? Be kind. It's the way that they feel, you know, the confidence and whatnot. But again, I so thank you. Big love, big hugs. I, I didn't even get a chance to tell you that it's almost, I think it is empty. No, I think they left me one. We love, 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 love the brand. It's pure chocolate out there with the vitamin sugar. Yeah, this is the one with the vitamin. Yep. So I get to eat my favorite food and it's healthy. What has the world come to? Thanks to Susie. Thanks, Adrian. We'll talk soon. Perfect. Thank you.